And we're live. Happy New Year, everybody. 2024. First pod in 2024. It's good to see your guys' faces in, in the good year 2024. What's uh what's everybody's resolution? What's like a quick one you're gonna practice? Win the Premier League. Uh, Love you're, it. You're gonna practice. Yes, I gotta support my team and practice and fanhood. Um no, I, I, I haven't thought of one yet. That's probably not great. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I think I, I just I'm not a big resolution. I was about guy. to say I knew you were one of those people. I don't Cop believe I don't answers. believe in resolutions. Only. My resolution should be all the time. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I don't I think they're nice. I think that's good. I just I don't no, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I, yeah, I don't Tristan, you got one? Um no, not really. I'm not really a uh, New Year's resolution person, you know. I just yeah. think we should be doing it year round, you know. Uh, no, I'm glad we're all on the same page there. Uh, <laughs> New Year's resolution to win the Premier League, though, that's, I think, one that we can all adopt. Maybe some more likely than others. But first, we jump into points. First and foremost, like I said, I still have some math to do back in the uh, backlogs <laughs> to tally some more points. But I have screenshots. I have receipts. Paralegal, uh, I was, paralegal um, and accountant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But not a very good one of either. So I don't know about <laughs> our, our end tallies. Um so I was the what what match week are we on now? By the way, is this twenty? Oh, they're uh, going by twenty one now. I think right. It's so weird because technically, like certain games know. count as different match weeks. Did we hit the halfway point yet? We definitely have. Yeah, I think this past match week was uh, was match week twenty. I want to say. Let's see if you can get a confirmation on that. Either way, while you look, I was the match week question mark winner with it was, six. Yeah. It, it is 20, right? It's 20. It's 20. You're okay. the winner? I was it's the winner six? with six. Everybody else got five. Wow. So, wow. Damn. Yeah, it wasn't a great weekend. I mean, there was a few funky score lines, but uh, yeah, not exactly headed into the new year with some screamers on our end. But again, the the, the matches were sort of crazy this weekend. You know, I don't. A lot of them were pretty tough to call. We all had a Wolves-Everton draw. We know when he picked Wolves, absolutely putting the walloping on the Toffees. So. I, don't know, I don't know why I didn't do that. That's I, can't, wild. I was so close to a Chelsea perfect score. I picked a Chelsea loss. Andrew picked a Chelsea loss. I was sure that they were going to Luton was going to come. Almost did, too. It's kind of like lost, it was a loss to Luton. But it's written in that kind of game. You know what I mean? I mean, they're yeah. at Liverpool. Chelsea's oh, I get, win I get it. There were some tough ones. Oh. Shut up, Jay. Well, I heard that. It was a pretty <laughs> insane series of festive fixtures. It's been an absolutely wacky December, and one which we saw some teams that were in first end up in fourth, some teams that were in second and third go even lower, some catapult towards the top. Um, it was pretty insane that I think when, when we all left to depart for Christmas, Arsenal was in first and were kind of the scariest team in the league, and now they're... Have they've been relegated to like the top four race conversation? They're they sit in fourth right now because Liverpool, Villa, City, Arsenal, and then Spurs not far behind them. I guess looking at that, what uh, what has surprised you the most? Has it been Arsenal's drop? Has it been Liverpool's just ability to not lose? What stood out to you guys the most? I think it's just Villa maintaining a fire. Well, I mean jumping and also just having gone through a crazy Christmas a holiday period. I think it's. Super impressive. I think City, Arsenal, Liverpool, yes, those are just teams that, to me, that are, I mean, it, it could have been, it's least exciting that they're where they are, and it's more exciting that Aston Villa is second. It's just pretty yeah. shocking. At this point in the season, like, they're second place. That's insane. Yeah. They've gotten some love, but I don't know if it's enough love. 
They have not gotten enough love like at they, all. They could realistically be considered t- title challengers, and I don't think anyone's talking about <laughs> that, um, especially with other teams having maybe more competitions to deal with, so on and so forth. But I think the biggest shock for me after digesting the whole table is, yes, Liverpool's top. Uh, I don't think anyone probably foresaw that, but with how close City are. I don't think everyone was saying how City are stumbling, they're choking, it's not the same City. Now they have De Bruyne up back, Holland's going to be back very soon, and usually when we're talking about City stumbling around this time period, they're like six, eight points back, but like they're, what are they, three points back with a game in hand? No, uh, five points back with a game in hand. Yeah, they're five. Yeah, So like they'll be two points back, which is honestly... From my like memory, is probably one of the closer point races we've had at this stage in the season. They've gained a lot more points in a lot less time. I this guess is, is what I'm trying to say. This has easily been the most competitive Premier League we've seen at this point, probably in the last five years. Would you say? Is that like? Yeah. Is that yeah. safe to say? Yeah, oh yeah, say absolutely. I mean. I- I think you, it's funny how sometimes it gets framed negatively, like, oh, the Premier League sort of it's having an off year. Nobody's really that good when really in, or you could look at it in more of a positive spin as in the top five teams really aren't separated by that much anymore. I think I'm a much tougher sell on Villa than you guys are. It sounds like I hate to be like Mr. Hater, but I still think we have a lot of Villa to see. I still think. They could experience a bad run of games. They still might not be as deep as a lot of the other teams. They might not be able to have as good a transfer window as some of the other teams. So I'm still kind of waiting for Villa to tumble out a little bit. I still, like if I had to reshuffle my table now, I'd probably pick them to finish like fifth or sixth would be my would be my guess. But I'm surprised to see them there. But hey, credit to them. And I mean, like, again, you know, when we talk about coach of the year, Unai Emery is going to be right up in that conversation. But yeah, Connor, I agree. City's still kind of lurking there, is uh, is making everybody nervous. But I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm still. Are you guys skeptical of Villa at all? Like, do you guys share that at all, or do you think this is real? No, uh, I could easily see them running out of gas with like two months left. I think that's just the reality when teams really try to challenge. They're on forty. What are they on? Forty two points. I yeah. don't mm-hmm. see a world where they finish with eighty four points. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but we said they, the same about Newcastle, and Newcastle obviously made an investment, but. They dropped though the last. They like, dropped, two but they still made. The they still made Champions League. I think Champions League yeah, is, but, is possible for Aston Villa. I think, I think Europe is possible at this Europe. point because we're looking at a team that just gave for like made made it through the busiest time of the year. They picked up three wins, a draw, and a loss, and they're going into the January transfer window with which I'm assuming is going to have a lot of backing, considering where Villa are in the, at, at this point in the table. So I think they're in in a better position than they could be. Considering a month from say they're a month from now, I think they're better in a better position now than they would be a month from now if they had had this result. Yeah, and I'm saying that more as like title challenge. Oh, I don't think they're. I don't think they're. I thought that was how Tristan framed the question. Yeah, but um, I mean, yeah, top four is going to be their goal. I still do think they'll run out of steam. I don't think they're going to match the first half of the season um, points tally to the back half. I, I just don't like Tristan said. I don't think they have the depth for that, and. They haven't been as convincing as they've been in the early months of the season, despite it is a holiday fixture, but it was Burnley was a tall order for them recently. So I, I don't know. 70 points would be a massive season for them and probably would see them out in top four, but I don't know. Jay, what, what about you? What do you think's shocking? Uh, for me, pers- and I've talked about it with Connor, 
like in a constructive way. But Liverpool definitely being first for me is a little surprising, just because it it's more like a curse of them being again good from past years. I don't think they've been nearly as clinical as they have been. And and there's a lot of new players. I mean, Endo's been starting. They're basically their two fullbacks are have no shoulders. I mean, they're two left backs. Sorry. I just think there's been a lot of change, and they're adapting well and winning, but I do think I can see if that clinical bug, like, disappears and with Mo Salah leaving for AFCON, if they're not, you know, as lethal as they have been in the past years, I could see them slipping up. And, I mean, I don't really love to see that. Obviously, I don't want to see a team just shit the bed, but I do. I'm a little bit surprised that Liverpool's been able to pull in the first. And then also, like, it's the obvious one is Arsenal. I don't know what's going on over there, but I think Liverpool being first, I think they have the tools to stay up there. I just would want to see when they play their games to win it in the first half and not the second. I don't, I don't agree with the Liverpool thing. I think Tristan, you probably feel the same way. I feel like we've been praising Liverpool and how like under the radar they've been with their wins and how well they like at the beginning of the season, we were like, they are just kind of like, they're always showing up. They're always showing. Up. I don't. I don't see them as a team that's. They've only gotten better since maybe they dipped a little bit. But I think the concern on depth. They have depth. They invested a lot this summer. They did. They, yeah, they we sold a lot. Yeah, you sold a lot, but you still have a lot of players that are performing even when they're coming on to play. So it's like, I think, I think Liverpool are in my eyes like it's a no brainer that they're up there considering everyone else is struggling too. So. I'm surprised that we're up there. I mean, to go through a complete midfielder rebuild in one summer and have it work out as well as it did. And, I mean, you say we spent this summer, but, like, we didn't spend compared to the other top clubs because we sold Fabinho for 40 mil. We got Endo for, what, 19, 20 mil. Like, no one thought he was going to be this world beater six that can help us defensively in getting all these clean sheets. Uh, For me, it's surprising, and I know that, the games that Liverpool has strung along and the points that we've accrued has been very impressive, but there's been a lot of like the 90 minutes that I've watched where I'm just like, it does not look like we have this like finishing edge. And I honestly sometimes don't know where the goals are going to come from despite Salah being like having the numbers he does. Like he hasn't looked as involved in games as he has been in past seasons. And the offense hasn't been clicking in front of net as much as I would like, but um, I don't know. I guess I don't know. Where, where Do you remember where you picked Liverpool to finish? Because, like, a complete midfielder rebuild is no easy task. Well, I didn't – I'm not basing it off my predictions. I'm just basing it off of, like, when we were, like, two months in, we were all, like, Liverpool are, like, just, like, slow. They're just picking up points. We should be while, undefeated. Well, everyone's – Tristan. Well, everyone's dropping points. <laughs> Liverpool are picking up points, and that's, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're Mr. Consistent. I, I look at them as that team, and even during busy periods, they seem to pick up points. So. I, I agree, but I just I just know them as dominant, and I don't see that entirely. I, they're winning games. I understand what you're saying, but they're like, not dominating games. Like yeah, think like ways that games would go in the past. Like I'd be like, that's a goal. That's a goal. This te- they're going into like um, what was what was the game that was so frustrating? Was it Burnley? Did you guys draw Burnley? Well, there was a few there that like we were looking a little shaky. Luton was a draw. Burnley for yeah, like Burnley. We were yeah they and Burnley had some chances every time like. But, I mean, and again, Liverpool will, in the end, will, like, work it out. But those are the games, like, in previous years, I'd be like, all right, well, I know that's a win. That's a win. That's a win. That's a win. Yeah. 
Same thing you could say with City. And, but, and the first yeah. goal concession oh. this season has been kind of like a weird thing for Liverpool where we've done that probably 15 times, or 10, 10 times, something like that, where we've conceded the first goal and then have to come back. It's almost like when Ole had United second and third place where you guys would always go behind and then have to rely on the second fourth. Like, the second half. just <laughs> There is some feels of that, I guess, with Liverpool. But, but I agree with I agree. With, I understand your sentiment, but that was yeah. just my... Uh, and Connor, I know you do bring it up as sort of like a jive, like we should be undefeated. I mean, you you really should. That's a joke, but I mean, I think about that often, actually, from Liverpool's perspective, that had they picked up even a point that game, they're undefeated right now, and we're having what's probably a very different conversation about them. They're not in in the top four conversation. They're in the they they are favorites to win the title. Like I I think. It's weird that how that one win kind of like seemed to really dissuade people from maybe taking them as seriously as they should be taking them. But Mm -hmm. it's the results this season that I think have been sort of a telltale sign. I agree they're they're sort of legging out results at times. Maybe it feels like they got a bit more than they deserved. But I mean, the fact of the matter is they're not putting themselves in horrible positions that often. They've stuck to their game plan. They still have Klopp as a coach. And I mean, credit there. You're in largely good health, too. And again, that's not like a backhanded mm-hmm. compliment of like yeah, at least you have your health and i have two wingbacks at center back but you do i mean that's credit to players for staying healthy and, and and having guys who can regularly be out there i think the midfield overhaul i think it is impressive for sure but i, I think you got the right guys I, I liverpool have such a good track record of bringing players in that i i mean from your standpoint i would be really less and less nervous with every new guy that comes in or less and less surprised rather that it seems to be working out really well. Like of course, Endo is working out really well. Of course, Sapasla is working out really well because you guys have always recruited well. So I'm not really surprised about anything with Liverpool this year. I'm surprised, I suppose in a good way that they've not lost more games yet. I mean that, that there should be something to be said about that. They've avoided sort of the collapse from time to time when it's gotten everybody else. So Frankly, they scare the shit out of me. We'll talk about player of the year uh, next, but for those of you who would put Mo Salah as your player of the season, Connor, what is the next month of life going to be like without him? Assuming you know they make a deep run, assuming he is gone for that entire time, what is the offense going to look like? Do you think that they might take a step back at all? Yes, I think it's hard to say that we're not going to take some sort of step back without having Salah in the lineup. Um but I'm slightly optimistic of what our Premier League fixtures look like. I believe we play, we could miss a lot for up to, I believe it is eight matches. Two of those would be the Arsenal FA Cup legs. Um, but I think our Premier League schedule is slightly lighter during the AFCON period. And I think with that, I'm hoping it's an opportunity to find like a good foothold in who our best attackers are because I don't think that Jurgen knows it yet. And I think we will create enough chances to get by. There might be a couple of point drops that happen that do happen where we just need that like one moment of magic from Salah to break a team down. But I think if everyone continues playing as they have and you have the likes of like Curtis Jones stepping up, you have Elliot stepping up. Those are guys that I think will lean on heavily. And as long as the, fixtures aren't too difficult I think we can get by from a Premier League perspective and I don't know I personally wouldn't mind it if we go out like say we 
concede to Arsenal and just kind of chalk those up, play some youngsters and, and save our health. Um, I don't mind ducking out of the FA Cup. I, that's probably a poor way to look at it. But like when we have our Arsenal in such early rounds and it's when we're missing our strike force, like what we got to like pick and choose some of our battles. So if we duck out of the FA Cup but stay nearly perfect in the Prem, I think that's a win and I think that's possible. But it's also Endo. We're going to miss Endo. He's been a rock yeah, for us. I was going to say Endo um, as well. Maybe, pro- probably not as notably as Salah, but still, as you just mentioned, he's been a surprising piece of that midfield puzzle. You don't want to have to reshuffle too many times at yeah. this time of year. So, But McAllister is coming back. He, he got the substitute. Uh, he got subbed on against Newcastle. So I think hopefully like everything's coming together at the right time. And Jote is back healthy. He's clinical, so maybe he can offer the edge that we're missing with Salah. But... It's still going to be tough. It's going to be tough for a lot of teams out there, minus City, who we have to compete with because they don't lose anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, it, it's a good time to jump into, I guess, how AFCON will affect a few of the other clubs that are in pole positions. I know, like, for example, Spurs, the last thing we need is to give more players away. Even last, more than that, is giving away guys like Son Heung-min, who, again, very exciting that he'll be, they'll get to go and serve his country but i mean geez not the most opportune time uh and pap sar who is also proved to be incredibly valuable in that midfield he's someone we can play a lot he can play a lot of minutes he's very energetic he's uh not not someone right now in this injury bug we have i want to see just leave but i mean yes yeah, not having sonny is the way i look at it now it's like we've had so many injuries and we would have so many guys in missed time that i'm like i don't know that there's anything that could necessarily do happen to us in terms of player absences that would hinder us i mean we're going to get the result we get we're going to play the high line we play but i i don't know do, do you guys think this even with all the injuries spurs have had like now i will likely losing son for a month like is this more of a nail in the coffin do you guys think they can still get results i think we can do it honestly i think but. richarlison's form of recent is a probably a bright uh, spot in the uh, in the nightmare of losing son. I, I do think mm-hmm. that hopefully he can keep it going. I mean, he's been pretty pretty energetic on that on that front end, but it, I, I obviously he's not going to. Uh, what am I trying to say? Fill son's shoes Sorry. completely. Definitely yeah. not completely. Yeah. But I think you've also you've you've got the attack. I think midfield is probably the concern because. You've spent the money on backup attackers and guys that can fill the role that if certain key players are out, you can still get the goals and assists, everything like that. Like You'll have to lean on um, Brennan Johnson. I think it's a good time for him to step up. You have Kulisevsky, so I think you can assemble a pretty strong front three where you're probably not going to lose too much in zone. You still won't have that X factor. Um, But I think midfield, like midfield depth is an issue for Spurs right now and, and losing... What is it? One, one or two players in midfield? Pop Sar, yeah. So yeah, I mean, and Basuma, the nice right? thing and is Basuma, right? And Basuma, yeah. So, um, it's like times like this where I'm thinking, wow, it's, it's a good thing Lochelso's form kind of came around because he's now all of a sudden going to be an ex- even more of an important player for us. I think the front three we still have is is fine, even if we went, you know, Brennan, Richarlison, and Kulu. I still think that's a pretty damn good front three. But you're right, the midfield does become a problem but it'll be interesting to see i mean i know there's a number of other teams with a good yeah. amount of african players too but i think i think it, I think it could be a long month most, for some clubs nottingham is like six or seven yeah, i, I was nottingham trying to find the most. graphic i saw like what teams are losing who 
Wolves are losing some key players. Onana's going, potentially. Thank I think God we're try- for you. Huh? We're trying. We're trying to delay the move. Apparently, like a little bit. Oh like why? Gosh. Because it's not we're even selfish. like he's been playing that well. I mean, he's gotten better. He's I think he's been better. He's been better. Yeah. I mean, who's the backup, Andrew? That who for Bayern, United? Bayern Dare. Yeah. Bayern Dare. But I, I Turkish. He's a Turkish player, right? I suppose yeah. he's really good. Yeah. I, I haven't. I don't know much about him. I just know he's our backup. So. I would yeah. see. I would like to see him get regular minutes because imagine he like, seriously, imagine if he just played really well and just got on on a spot, but all of a sudden the goalkeeping position became like a bright spot for United. Like it turns out you had this great guy on the bench all along, and maybe Onana like needs to sit. I don't think it makes a difference. We're gonna get goal scored on us anyways because <laughs> you don't know how to defend. <laughs> That's facts. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Um, Does Chelsea? Well, Chelsea has only Nicholas Jackson, right? Uh, so they'll, they'll become so the best many, team in the league. There, there, There's so many they, players. They, they, they have roster. black players, but they're all of them are French. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, there's so many new young players on that team. I don't know who's going. It's so I think hard it's, to I keep think track. It's just Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> and they rotate them so much. But there's definitely some other teams that are going to be hurt, and I just can't. Yeah, there's a. I mean, every team's going to be impacted by this. I think everyone knew it going into the season too. It's not like a shocker that the Afcon like Afcon's happening this year. Minus like Newcastle and City. I think ultimately. Um, I think Tottenham are in a good spot. I think when it comes to the teams in the top four race, I think Tottenham will survive. I think they'll also, I don't know, hopefully look to invest this this month for a loan potentially. Oh yeah, baby. Um. Oh yeah, and you we were talking about that in the text group chat. But, um, yeah, I think I think everybody's going to be impacted, so it won't really affect too much besides you know City, obviously. Plus, let's just enjoy AFCON while it's going on. You know, the players seem to be excited for it. There's always a lot of fun matches. It'd be fun to tune in. We could even, like, do a little bit of coverage for it, you know, as as the podcast goes along throughout the month. I'm sure it'd be nice just to check in and see. There are some entertaining games. I remember, was it two years ago was the last tournament? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there was some really poor refereeing that I remember, <laughs> where like a yep. goal came after a full time whistle or something well, like. Well, that. he called the f- he called. Remember that guy? Did like, he call it early. He called something? it early. He called the game like eight minutes early. Jesus <laughs> Christ! So they'll, they'll Sometimes be. Sometimes you just got to get out of there. Yeah, that's fair. No, I think he there'll be some had... good football to watch, and I think I mean in the Asian Cup, I think Japan is obviously the juggernaut, but. At the very least, we can watch them play some really good football. Yeah, yeah. they're like unbeaten. For, um, yeah, they're like on a crazy, crazy run. Yeah, Japan, I think, in like the football scouting world, is kind of like the country on the up because they bum. play really structured, incredible football. There's tons of young talent. There's like two. There's a really good young center back who a few teams were linked to, big, tall, and athletic. A few wingers that some teams were linked to. They are really churning out insane talent, which is really cool. I mean, I think that's probably always kind of been a thing, and it's just been an, an overlooked country talent-wise. But the more the more teams sort of, I think, try to test those waters, I think the more the more friendly it becomes. And a lot of these Asian players, not just, you know, not just Japanese players, a lot of them have really seen their stocks kind of soar just because of how good some of them turned out to be. But oh, yeah. speaking of players turning out good, we should each right now pick our player of the season so far. Uh, so pick your player who you think has performed the best, whether it's a winger, a midfielder, a defender, a goalie, and give sort of a quick synopsis as to why you think uh, they've been player of the year so far. Who wants to go first? Anybody want to jump in particularly? Mine's easy. Mo Salah, joint league leader on goals, and I think the league leader on assists. He's got 14 and 8. So he's, carrying, he's putting Liverpool on his back right now, 
and he's stuck. I will say that's mine too, by the way. Not that I feel yeah. like I have, have much more to add. I mean, he just he does seem like kind of the shoe in pick. I'm sure there's a few others too I can think of who would be on the list, but yeah, I mean from the from the goals and assist standpoint, I mean he, even if you don't want to say it, it's it's really difficult I think to to deny him that. But needs a haircut though. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, he looks crazy. I'll go a different route. I'll go John McGinn or Aston Love Villa. It. Um, I was Salah is a good pick, and he's probably like gonna win it in terms like he would, he would win it at this point, considering yeah. that his his goal tally and what Liverpool are. But I think McGinn is not only like a extremely talented player; he's a true leader in that Villa side, and um, he's just to me he's a baller, and he's been in, instrumental in that midfield for them. So, um, he's a sole reason, one of the sole reasons why they are where they are, and I think there's been a lot of players that have come in and out of that club, and I think he's been a, a big liaison. Um, turning things around with Unai Emery, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I I would agree. So I, I would I would maybe put an addition to Mo. I'd go Son. He would be like my close second. That's just having taken that captain role throughout injuries, still producing pretty much on a on a game by game basis. But he would be someone I, I would shout out to. But Jay, who is your who's your pick, Mister Son? Oh, let's go! Man, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have interrupted you. Anything no, to add that I didn't add? I was just gonna say, uh, definitely with the mystery of Tottenham coming into the season with uh, Mister Forehead leaving, um, we would. Def- I definitely. I he's Mister Reliable. It used to always- we. What? <laughs> what? You said we. You a Tottenham fan now? Yeah. How did I say we? Dude, he's got the bug. <laughs> you go. You said we. You said no. I was just fucking. You said we, and then you correct yourself. Oh, I said no. Like, like, I said we. Nah, Jay, it's fine. Jay, it's fine. No. Jay, it's fine. Dude. I'm I so confused. Tristan's gonna buy you a kit. No, you made Jay, it sound you like you made it sound like like our dude. club, as in like you're like no, we no, were struggling. We, no, no, we as oh, okay. a group. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I meant we as in like we, the most watchable, lovable team in the yeah, press. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was saying we like we're thinking of like a Tottenham or a Harry Kane-less Tottenham. Yeah. So now, Mister Liable, Sean is he's put in the work, and I do think that. Without him, I think Tottenham would definitely be in a different place. And I just, I don't know. It's always Harry Kane and Son, and now it's just Son, and he's showing yeah, he can do it by himself. They might be in a different place after this month, so we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, this could be a long AFCON for your boy. Does anybody else kind of like scrape Asian the cup. barrel? <laughs> Asian Cup. Yeah, for real. Who, um... Who else? Who else do you think it's brought up in this conversation? I, I jokingly saw like Tim Howard chose Cole Palmer as his Player of the Year oh so God, far. I mean, so crazy. far, I guess that's not a. I was talking a terrible to Andrew. Shout out. Yeah, we're on the way to the grocery like, store. Like, Cole, Cole Palmer, yes, he stands out in a Chelsea side, but like Chelsea, this Chelsea team is a tenth place team. So think about all the other players above him on the table that are also playing like incredible football, like. I would put Solanke over him. I'd put Ollie Watkins, John McGinn, Jared Bowen. Like the list is so long above Chelsea right now. Like, and he's just getting the shouts because he's a Chelsea player and it catches headlines. And he's also English, so he's a, he's nineteen. Yes, credit to him, but I don't think he's having any sort of impact that's relative to the other players that you can shout out. Even in Buemo, he hasn't played. I'd say Gallagher. I'd say Gallagher is more influential than also, for Chelsea than Cole, Cole Palmer has been. And Cole Palmer's been playing for takers. Yeah, good I was for a say, month. Yeah, he only got like an open play goal like two or three games yeah. ago. So <laughs> like, what, how are you? Tim Howard like, is crazy for that. He's really <laughs> buying into the English bias. <laughs> there's, I was going to say, there's a rather expensive name that has not gotten brought up one time that I think maybe because he's had a bad couple of games, he's not in the shout, but. 
I think Declan I, Rice. I, I was. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Declan yeah, he's belongs up there. in the conversation. Yep. No, but he had a bad game last weekend, so we don't care about. So he's done. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> he's done. Um. Yeah. I mean, it, I. It is kind of funny how again Arsenal seem to be. Obviously, when you're in first that long, the threshold's really high. So a couple like they've really lost a few amount of games, but I think now because they've been losing recently, they're kind of like the flavor yeah. of the day. But it's weird. Like a a good. A good Declan Rice game is very quiet, it seems. He kind of goes about his business quietly. But a bad Declan Rice game stands out like a sore thumb. And they looked very much like they were having a difficult time getting the ball forward with him. That's been a huge part of this Arsenal midfield. So, I don't know. It's like Rice should be on this list. But are there things that you that you don't like about his game this season that you've seen? Uh, no. No, I think no. he deserves it. I think he... Yeah, I think he's the glue for Arsenal at the moment. Like like you're saying, as much as he can have an impact in a bad performance, I think that only speaks volume to like how good he is when he is good and that he can kind of be the sole midfield force for them from a defensive angle because all their other players are so forward-thinking. I, I look at it as just I don't think he doesn't deserve to be up there. I'm just looking at teams that are performing with a lot less te- players within teams. So... um Arsenal have more for them when it comes to being successful, and Eklund Rice is definitely like a key player for them. But I just think other players have had to deal with more. Maybe not Salah per se, but I think his goals speak for themselves, and not just the goals, but the the types of goals. And also, I don't know what his assist tally is, but I'm sure it's up oh, there. I think it was, Salah, I think, I think eight. it's eight. Yeah. yeah, I mean, league leader. That's that. Could, you could finish the season like that and be like, I had a great season. I'll fourteen yeah. and eight. Like that's a good season. Only halfway. Though. Mm. I think Holland is another like. He hasn't played in a couple matches, but he's another name that we have to just say. He was kind of a he was kind of a salesman when he was healthy those last few games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't. I'm not chances. saying Holland. I'm not he's talking. Got I'm not goals. talking about. Holland. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but, yeah, but I don't know. Like, in City or what? They're they're in the race. Like, if you're gonna say Declan, if you're gonna say Holland, doesn't show, other guys. Holland doesn't show up in big games. Yeah, no, not this season. Not, not, this, this, season, not this season particularly yeah. so far, but we'll we'll see if that changes. Kind of yeah, shows up against United. How, how is he still towards the top in terms of goals? That <laughs> he's a top so point. Top. Insane. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And, and, that's, really and that's after a productive month. That's also Salah, Prem. So. <laughs> I don't know what his Champions League tally is, but like that's his Prem. He's like the fa- he's like the and fast. he's got an extra game. He has like the most goals by twenty one like ever. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's like <laughs> almost fifty or something. Well, like this right? season, I wonder how many Prem goal. I mean, UCL goals he has. But it's all, and you know, they've been without him so long too. And, and city find themselves, what five points back of first. I'm not saying like, Oh, do they even need him? But his absence clearly hasn't been this like hugely. It wasn't nearly as detrimental as like Rodri being out for the time he was out. Like as good as he is, it's, that's what a pep side does. Jalen, I know that you'll agree with me here. That's what a pep side does, man. Like it, it, the goals will come from that side. Doesn't matter who's going to be scoring them, but the way that they set up, if it's not Holland every game, it's somebody else. But I think that too is like massive credit to City where they've been without De Bruyne and Holland most of the season and still kind of sit where they sit. But I think it also kind of maybe sheds a bit li- more light on at least in a city side, what a goal scoring striker means to that side. Yeah, like they can bag a lot of goals, but the sky's not falling if they don't play. Yeah. The goals will come from someone in the midfield or somebody on the wing or a fucking center back for shit's sake probably will come up and head one in. Yeah, so for sure. credit to him there. 
And speaking of player uh, exits, we have some player additions coming in because January is here. It's funny, right after Christmas ends, that's when all the Premier League gifts start getting gives. <laughs> <laughs> or not. That cash. Yeah, or, so or you get from sad. each of your club standpoint, what did you say? I said, or your clubs get really sad. Yeah, or you get nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah or, or it's like a crippling reminder of the debt you're in and how you're just not even ever going to be able to buy a, buy a house in this economy. Um Okay, so we go down the line. I want to hear from each of you in terms of what a perfect window looks like for your club. And be as specific as you as you can. I mean, if you think uh, they need a center back, pick a center back they've been linked to. If you think they need a, a winger, a midfielder, you know, if somebody comes to mind, go ahead, even if it might be kind of a long shot. Um, and what's a worst case scenario for January as well? What would be like your worst nightmare? Uh, Andrew, not to like put you on the spot or make you go first, but United is sort of a interesting topic here because for you an ideal window might be selling a lot of guys right well i think that's what i was just doing some like refreshers on my phone here but it seems to be the narrative is in the news is that we're getting rid of a lot of players not re-signing a lot of players so they'll be negotiating for the end of the season right now sancho is in talks to leave to go to dortmund on loan um we have um donny vanderbeek who had made his loan move to frankfurt i believe um yeah, that's all signed and done. Sign, that's signed and that's announced too, yeah. Regulon, obviously, um, I think the clause has been triggered for him to go back to Tottenham. Um, so we have three players that are, you know, likely three players are out by by next week. Um, and then in terms of, you know, players that we're losing in the summer, we have Varane who's not being signed to an extension. We have... Um, I, I saw that you're not signing Armorbot. Yeah, Armorbot, I think is not. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that was. Vincent like, Hogg's a guy. Yeah, like a month. Yeah, yeah, he did not. He literally World Cup hype didn't turn out to what we wanted to be. He's more of just a squad player at this point. So I think we're just shipping a lot of players out. I think it might be good for us to be honest. Um, shake up the dressing room a bit. Get the toxic players out. Varon. I was talking about this off mic with Connor, but it's, he's probably a player that is probably fed up with Ten Hog. I don't blame him either um, in terms of like what's going on. So I think it makes sense as to why we're not re-signing him. I love, I think he's a great center back, but I just think that he's, he's fallen out probably with, with Manchester United as a whole. Like he probably wants a more permanent move. So I, I don't know who we're going to go after. I've seen Timo Werner has been a player that we're linked with. Um, just you a lot when you need I, goals. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think that a striker is really what we need. I think, um, a center back is something that's huge right now. We have Lissandra still is expected to return. Casemiro's back in training. Um, so I think there's players that are coming back, which is good news for us. But ultimately, I don't think a signing makes a difference at this point. I think the main issue is like finally having Jim Ratcliffe and Enio Sports really like work their way into the club to kind of fix the issues that are happening um, behind the scenes. I think a culture shift is what's needed. I, that's, I don't care who we sign at this point. It doesn't, it's not, I don't think whoever we sign is going to change anything. Cause I think there's this club is rotted from the inside and um, yeah, I, I, it, I'm like done talking about. Do, do you United. think <laughs> with that injection of funds though, that you like will not definitely... fun. It's not fun. I think it's better scouts. I think it's a better club like, system. You definitely think you'll buy someone in January just because of that. Like, I feel like Jim Ratcliffe almost has like a I don't point know. to prove where he's like, I'm here. This is who I'm going to get. I'm going to go get him. I don't even know. Woot Weghorst was like the most talked about player that we were going to sign last January. I haven't heard anybody been talked about this yeah, January. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's so still I don't, very I, early. But. It's very early. I don't, but I don't even, 
I don't even know who we're gonna go out. Who do we go after? Yeah, I guess if they get the business sorted for even the summer, then like put yeah. themselves in a good place. Like, okay, we're not signing Veron, so we have to get scouts in order to go find a center back type of thing. I guess that's good. I, I don't know who we could be signing, and I don't think it makes a difference. I think this club, like I think, I think you guys should get a midfielder. I would love a mid. I, I mean, yeah, but like just. Yeah. A healthy one. mount kind of serves as almost like yeah, a mount. Go pay twenty five mil for one. <laughs> it's insane that we paid sixty for mount, but uh, yeah, I, honestly, uh, Andrew, that made, that's think, kind of my answer. I don't really have anybody that I want signed because I don't think that's going to fix anything. I think no, I, I think that's a very mature answer. Honestly, that's a it's an answer of someone who's been through the shit with this team the last couple of seasons from like a, like you said an inside out standpoint. And I'll say too, like. Like Spurs right now are trying to find homes for Dyer. We're trying to find homes for Rodon. We've Brian Heal. We can't find a home for Regulon. Like, like it's a really good thing I think to offload these guys. And if and if maybe most of this January is just doing that, like you said, getting the some of the toxic personalities out of the club, getting some of the guys who aren't part of the future plans out. I definitely don't think that's a bad thing. You know, like it's not as sexy as bringing in this like awesome midfielder from Portugal or bringing this like English defender and you know but I definitely agree with you I for sure see massive value because it is it's almost like as influential as bringing in a new guy getting rid of people that maybe again weren't great presences at the club and I totally agree with your Veron point I think the last place a player of that stature wants to be in the final in like the golden hour of his career is like at a, a massive club in great turmoil. That's like yeah. not, that's like the last setting. Usually you go small club that's like doing really well, or like a mid table club that you can still get time for. But I agree. I don't think they'll have a hard time. I mean, he won't have a hard time finding a home because he's some good years left in him. but I agree in terms of United, like dropping weight, that might be just as effective as, as bringing new guys in for sure. If you can get rid of Sancho, that's a, that's a win of a win. Well, that's also like, he's going to go you, on you, you talk about it's wages a, a lot. Like that's a lot of money that, I mean, we probably yeah. cover his wage at that point still. <laughs> You're probably gonna have to pay him to go to Dortmund. <laughs> <laughs> It's like in the movie Moneyball where they pay that, yeah, that old timer to <clears throat> they split the bill. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's bill. right. Especially Man, with how Dortmund I, does business. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jay, tell me about Madrid. Are there guys that no center back? Ancelotti yeah. said, "Yeah, we're not signing anyone," which is <laughs> which is fine. I mean, you got your <laughs> manager though. Yeah, 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 he's there for the long haul, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like. We never, we don't really ever sign anyone in January. I don't recall the last time we made a major January signing. So it's saving for him, bops. Yeah, I don't know. It's something Florentino. It's like super against January signings for some reason. But uh, if we were to get a center back, it'd probably be. We've been linked to two Portuguese uh, center backs, Antonio Silva, who I think was also linked with. No, Antonio Silva, I haven't seen with linked with anyone. He's pretty young. He looks pretty good. And then I think Goncalo Ignacio, I think is his name, who was linked with United yeah. in the summer. Yeah. I think we wanted, but you know, we don't wanna we prefer to see our guys just get injured. So <laughs> other than that, like drop like flies. We don't need any more midfielders. We don't need any more attackers. So it would probably just be a center back and we're not getting one. So I'm surprised you guys re signed um Ancelotti, to be honest, because I feel, I like, feel like there has to be some like stuff in his contract. Yeah. Well, like I feel like Javi Alonso is the next in line at Madrid. Uh, I guess it buys Madrid some time, and like I don't know, maybe Alonso is is he under big contract? I don't, I, I don't uh, think I don't think Alonso is going to leave in the summer. Personally, I mean, but, he is a smart guy. I don't think, I don't, yeah, and it's it, 
It's his first job, no? Like So Don's yeah. first job was at Real Madrid and he won like five UCL titles. Yeah, but you've seen that guy? Yeah, I know. He's a beast. <laughs> He's the most cat manager of all like, time. What do you mean? I know. <laughs> Ancelotti is an underrated press conference guy. This is from like a general standpoint from how it he is always, I don't know, he, It's never. he's never saying anything outlandish. He's never saying anything really divisive or of any kind. But he just seems to be someone that's super polarizing and that gives a great press conference without ever saying anything much at all. He and says that's, it with that like one eyebrow. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like, he's yells, about to, yeah. looks like he's about to fall asleep like every time he's he, yells, yeah. he looks bo- like in it, but it's like playfully bored. Like, huh, what do you got for me yeah. now? <laughs> like, there's nothing that really yeah, he's got a, he's like a slight smirk on his face every all, time. The, all the time. Yeah, he's like, he also has a really weird voice. It's like very super deep. It's right? super deep and it like draws it's like raspy. Right. Yeah. I don't know if it's like cool. Yeah. It's not he's raspy. Speaking, yeah, he's like speaking Spanish, but I don't know. Yeah. He. He's for the boys. He really is. I think there'd be such an interesting book written about him or documentary on his life. Like, I'm sure he's just so interesting to talk to. Uh, Okay, Connor, Liverpool, give me a perfect, give me the most perfect January you can think of for Liverpool in the transfer window. The most perfect window would be two signings. It would be a midfielder and a center back. Losing Matip for the season, probably done at Liverpool for quite some time. His, probably his career, I think. He'll probably leave in the summer. Um, I think we need to get a center back. Um, Kwanzaa has been good, but I think he needs competition. Joe, Joe Gomez has also been pretty... Dude, not really bad. good. Not pretty bad. damn good this season. But really Tristan wants him. He's just want shaky. Him. I kind of want him. If we could sell him the Spurs... I would be fine with that because I think all he's ever going to be at Liverpool is a utility player. He's still too shaky in big moments, despite him having string and, and periods of football that he plays really well. So I think we need to go get a center back. Um, I saw something today. There's no real like true links of who Liverpool might be shopping, if we are even shopping. Um, but Maxence LaCroix is one. He's a Wolfsburg center back. I think all the guys that I'm going to mention outside of one for center backs are young. Um, He has like an 83 or 84% tackle win percentage, which is very good. He's also known to win an aerial duel, but I think his percentage has dropped recently. He hasn't been quite in as good a form, so Liverpool could probably do slightly better than that. I want to say he's low 20s. Um, The other center back that it's not like, again, these are just names that, I saw a Liverpool um, kind of oriented fan say like these would be good guys to go get. So it's not rumors or anything, but Giorgio Scalvini, who's a young Italian center back and you can never really go wrong in an Italian center back. And he's been, you can go wrong with an Italian and a prem though. That's true. Um, he plays for Atalanta and he's been huge for them. I want to say he's only 20 years old. Um, he looks probably a little too frail for the premier league. So I don't know if he'd be ready to slide in and actually help us compete for this title. Um, but then the last one that I could see making the most sense is Joaquim Anderson from palace. Oof. Obviously him and, um, awesome just, signing just he would in be. favor right there. Him and yeah, Darwin. Right the fuck sir. out of him, dude. He's awesome. Him and Darwin don't get along because of the whole headbutt incident, like four matches into Darwin's career, but I'm sure they would yeah, get tell, on. Yeah, hey, tell, hey, Darwin, he's more important than you, so get <laughs> yeah. over it, buddy. Um, but, no, obviously, proven Prem center back. He's been very good at times with Palace. 
I don't know the status of his health. I don't know if he's been playing recently, but his well, he played he played over the weekend. Okay, he's um, crazy. But his long ball delivery is something that is actually very good, and that Liverpool would probably need having a ball playing center back. He's not necessarily known for it, but with how Virgil kind of delivers those long diagonals, if we can have another player that does that, Kanate doesn't do it as well. He's certainly improved, but we need that third center back to rotate because um, I don't think Kwanzaa is quite good enough for like the biggest of biggest competitions and Matip isn't there anymore. And then the player that I truly want that I would probably prioritize over a center back is a center midfielder. And I want Andre from Fluminense, um, the Brazilian side that just lost to city in the world cup or club world cup final. Of course, immediately after the final city are also, this is a guy that we've been tracking for over a year. I mean, Chelsea's on the short list. I think Arsenal might be on the short list. Um, but as soon as City played him, he's now, like, City have joined the conversation. I don't know why City need another midfielder. They just signed the other midfielder that I wanted in Matias Nunez, who we were linked to, like, three seasons ago, and mm-hmm. he went to Wolves. Um, but he's the guy that I would really like. Endo has been phenomenal defensively, but I think in moments and in games where we need that attacking creativity to unlock teams, he doesn't quite have the vision um, from deeper within midfield that Fabinho offered. So I think Andre would certainly be the guy to like sure up our midfield and also cover us in the instance that we do have any injuries because Curtis Jones could pick up an injury. Harvey could potentially pick up an injury. But or flop. Uh, Sabazlai just picked up a hamstring. Uh, injury, but or he flops. Who Harvey Elliott? No, the Brazilian midfielder from Fluminense. Andre. Uh, I mean, we got a good track record with Brazilian players, so I think he'll slide in just fine. We got a. You think he'll score while turning his head the other way, like the other guy did? Oh, be kind of cool if he that, did. That's a that's, that's a big step up. Is my point. Like he so, went he si went senor. in. See, si senor, Tristan, senor, a window um, lies ahead. Yes, yeah, so you mentioned that how important that third rotating center back role is. You also mentioned Joe Gomez. Uh, I love the Joe Gomez remontada that is happening right now, and I'm really happy for him because he's had a tough, tough go of it. He wouldn't be my number one pick for a rotating center back. Like you said, he's sort of a little bit too much jack of all trades, master of none. You need a guy who can play right back like a center back does, then he's your man. But Radu Dragushin is the correct correct pronunciation, by the way, Dragushin. Um, and that seems like it's, it's pretty much mostly there already. Dare I say it? I was kind of hoping for the, here we go today, but I'd settle for here we go tomorrow or Thursday. Um, and he's very highly rated another guy that Ange picked himself. So as far as, as far as I'm concerned, let, let the big Australian man cook, bring him in. Let's see what he can do. I, I would imagine if we signed him, he would be in the starting lineup at our next premier league game. Um, but He's a guy I'm excited about. I've been doing a little bit more research on him, and he seems like a, a guy who is pretty tough, most importantly, which is, I think, a big feature for a Premier League center back to have. And, um, you know, again, somebody who can come in and sort of help alleviate some of the pain. And I do think, you know, people <laughs> were crazy, like, oh, you know, you should get... a way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of how it's been. Um, I thought about, like, you know, having... Oh, they should Spurs should get two more center backs because see what happened this season. They keep losing both of theirs. I think any team with four center backs, I don't think that's realistic. Like you do have to at a certain point realize that there are going to be players who are not going to go like to a team where there's three other people fighting for their position. So 
the one more will be important. I still even get kind of nervous. Like, okay, but so then we have three, assuming we have three center backs that work out, what would that look like? But regardless, I would love to see them finalize him. And then my other guy would be Gallagher. Uh, I've come around to Gallagher, I'd say. At first, it was a signing I wasn't terribly crazy about, but he has easily been Chelsea's best guy this year past Cole Palmer. He's been a captain of theirs. And most importantly, most of all, the fans love him and Poch loves him. So to be able to sign Chelsea's captain, who has been their fan favorite player of the year, and take him away into like a an Ange offense in which I think he'd do really well, there's like a double-edged sword to that. We get a guy who makes our team better and we can kind of stick it to a fan base that I think, and I'll say this too, on a side note, of all of the fan bases that disrespect Tottenham the most, Chelsea are like by far up to, up there at the top, I think. Like they we are scum on their shoe. So I think that would be a huge part of of the enjoyment is bringing in Gallagher, but and then and then selling. Like again, like I said before when we were talking about United selling guys, Andrew, it's like we we have kind of a whale of a task ahead of us finding homes for a lot of these guys. Joe Roden's on loan with with uh leads so is jed spence we're bringing back um what's his ass from united regulon. to regulon i don't know that we have a <laughs> what's his what ass? Did you say? what's his ass <laughs> yeah like I, there's so many guys now that i'm like oh he's on loan he's on loan jaffa tanganga has yet to play a minute on the team he's been loaned to i don't remember even who they are like it seems like we'll be for for several seasons now trying to get rid of some of these guys who just aren't fitting and and I, i'd like to see us sell at least two guys get them off the books dire mainly Dyer's getting shot by West Ham. Don't know if you guys saw that. Damn. That's, like, that's such a move for He'd him. He'd probably right ball out for them for like three months. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't. I really, I can't see it. I think he's still, his best position is like CDM, which is yeah. what he played before. He just decided he was going to be a center back. I just don't, I don't know how that, I got, it's like me deciding tomorrow that I want to work at NASA and I just show up in the <laughs> office and I'm like, I'm like, what's my login? It's not working. And they're like, well, what do you even I don't know. It'll be nice to see if we can get homes for these guys, but yeah. um, that will be a perfect January for me. Those are good. Those are good shouts. I was going to, there's one team that I think is shopping for a striker and I wanted to quickly ask about Arsenal. I know they're not any of our teams. Thank God. But do you think they're going to go get Tony with the recent struggles if or Oshiman even? If they, if they buy Tony and don't produce something this season, I am going to like, I don't think they're not going to get Oshiman. They I don't think they'll get Osman. Tony, just, I have resign? a hard time thinking that'll pan out. Yeah, like I think he's going to stay this season. I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to go get him in January. If they do, it'll be a lot of money. But I've, it kind of feels like that situation's cooling. No, like do you kind of get that sense? It, it could be. I mean, I think they're probably fine and can sort out goals in the attack that they have. Like I think Jesus as the lead nine can certainly offer goals. He also just came back. But I think what I would worry the most about is like. Ivan Tony hasn't played. He he's trained, but he hasn't played like live match football for what six months, seven so months. So what would it? What would it price tag be? Like eighty five mil? I don't know. What you? What do you I think? hundred. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know it's be. like up there. That's what. Do you think it's worth it? And do you think? I think he's a hundred million dollar player. He's that deadlock signing that could like get Arsenal in back, like keep him in the title race. I mean, why? Why wouldn't like his goals speak? For, I think his goals speak for themselves. Like that's a like that's worth. The goals is what is the money, in my opinion. So, I think he could. Yeah, I think he get. The, I think he could yeah. push him over the line. I just worry about the hiatus. Like, yeah, I mean, the yeah, hiatus. I know, you, fall you, off form so quickly, even when you're yeah. playing. You know what I mean? 
I definitely, I'm glad you bring that up, Connor, because I definitely overlook that. It gets brought up when you think about him joining a new team. And I, for some reason in my imagination, he just steps out there and immediately looks good. That would not surprise me, but you're right. I'm definitely not taking into consideration enough that he's not been on a field for a very long time, but I just, I don't know. I, for some reason, I don't see him doing this. It seems like it's, it seems like something that they better be 1 million percent sure all in on because mm-hmm. he's going to cost that much. Like you guys said, I do think he would, I think he'll be between 90 and a hundred mil. That would be the final asking price. And if you're going to pay that much, like they knew from the moment last season ended, they wanted to go get Declan Rice. So whatever that price tag was going to be, they were going to find a way to pay it. But the same thing with Tony, you better be goddamn sure. This is going to be your striker for like three or four seasons at the minimum. I think he would produce. I think he would help Arsenal get better, but I think there's also problems throughout that team that are not striker related. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think anything they, whatever the price tag is in January, they're if they pay for Tony, it's going to be overpriced in my opinion. I don't like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like and a risk, it, and a risk. But I don't know. It's the money for me. Like I know you said he just he's worth that much. I don't think he's worth that much. Yeah, but he's been scoring that many goals for like. Like he's he's been scoring double digit goals for the last three years, consistently. Well, well, two because he's been out for a year. Yeah, he's been out for okay two years, but I think and yes, he'll be in a better side, so maybe he scores more. But I don't know, man. It's I, just because he plays for Brentford and he's not like this marquee player that didn't that came from like a different. Con- I think. But then Buemo went when they don't have Tony and Buemo is think, double th- digit goals this season. I think, so. I think while we overhype English players, we also discredit them a little bit when they come from like a different way of. Like Jamie Vardy or like like Tony James Madison James Madison, like Ivan Tony literally went was from Newcastle got shipped out to League One League Two teams and then like Championship level like and then like made his like it, it was an unusual way to the top basically yeah. for goals so I think we're looking at more of that in him I think he's a player that's what does he get you goals so the problem though I, I don't. My thing is, will he fit in Arsenal's side? Yeah, they might have to change that. Is the problem because he's not this pacey player like Jesus has been. Jesus hasn't been scoring goals, but he offers something to their system, which is his pace, his ability to control the ball in tight areas, his link-up play. I don't know if Tony can do that as quickly as Arsenal need it with the players that they have on the outside, like Martinelli and Saka. He has he has a really good first touch and he does hold the ball up well, but like. Does can he do it with the pace that Arteta will ask of? I think he. I think they more want a target man though. Yeah, like, yeah I, I think, they want to do what City did with Holland. I think is how I see him sliding in. Arteta fast tracking the Man City style is so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Carbon <laughs> copy, so true. He's not, but he's it's not so even doing he it over time. Do you he, think acts he, like he, he acts yeah. like he has this master plan that he created himself. It's like, no, dude, you're just a fucking grunt. You're he's doing, doing exactly what he's, Pep does. But he's not doing it. It's like DC and Marvel. It's like Marvel TV show. Marvel took this like long trajectory. DC are like, we're just gonna copy them. And yeah, and <laughs> that is exactly what Arteta's doing. Yeah, I mean. Rodri at City, and now Arsenal get they're Declan. Literally fa- he's they literally fast-tracking. Here City. comes Tony. They inverted their fullbacks. Now I got to invert <laughs> yeah, my fullback. Like, I, even though Zinchenko's we, terrible. We, we got to sign a couple of their old players. That's what I mean. I don't think... I think Tony's... Wow. The threat of Tony going is just the system. If if he'll match up their system and the players, like meshing all those players at once to play this new style is going to be very difficult. Um, but if you stick to a game plan that they know and just slot Tony in, and he's... And he can just put the ball in the back of the net, then it will work. But yeah, and I do remember too. Arsenal kind of do need goals right now. They have wingers in Saka and Martinelli who are really having rough goes of it this season. 
as we know, Jesus is more of really a creativity hold up guy than a raw number nine, which I think, like you guys said, is absolutely what they're going to want to go for now. But yeah, the pet method, man, take a center back and put him at wing back and then get a striker who does nothing and then make your midfield the best midfield anyone's ever seen. And that's like the, <laughs> so the pep it, ingredient. But Katia just like not see the field after they signed Tony. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a scapegoat, too. I really he is a scapegoat. He is a scapegoat. Yeah, I do not, not he's, rate him. He's not. Yeah, just, that doesn't mean he's not a scapegoat, but he doesn't belong on the field if Arsenal Dude, are really going to challenge. You can't be a, sca- a scapegoat who... is someone who doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve to be on the field. He, but doesn't deserve, <laughs> he doesn't deserve the hate that he Gets. Neither, no. neither does ninety five percent of athletes. Oh. But guess what? That's no like, the balance. No. It's because Saka gets all the love. If if the Arsenal fan base shared some of the love and didn't put it all into Saka, then there'd be a little left over for Inketia. But I, mean, I, think, I bet all Inketia thinks about is his time at Leeds when he was like getting the like he like all the news was tra- like going up about him, and now he's like the scapegoat at Arsenal. Scored that hat trick and disappeared. Yeah. And I forget too, like what? So was Balogun not an out and out striker? Was he like they must have really not rated him because he had goals in him? And if he's like another hold up guy, I get that. But was he not like a like a guy who wants to score? I think he's yeah. just a, too young too. But he'd probably be good competition for Enketia. Probably slightly more clinical. Maybe he's younger. I really don't know. He's but, younger. Yeah, but he's fr- like he's like it's just like Enketia is pretty old. Yeah, he is. He's I, like twenty four. Old as 24. in, he's like what Lingard. I, I, what people said about Lingard is like he's a young talent. He's twenty five years old. He's like twenty five, I think. But like, yeah. uh, it's old in the sense of like you know everyone's just getting younger. And it, we talk about yeah. like young starlets. We're talking about Saka, and then yeah. it's like, oh, and Kedia is older than this, this, this. And yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Players are definitely getting younger now. Like, like when when Spurs played Brighton, I looked at the Brighton team sheet and I saw Hinshelwood, and I was like. That's not a real person. That's obviously a <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, I feel. I feel like I'm losing my like. Like, who are all these players that are popping up out of nowhere in their age? And funny enough, by the way, Hinshelwood scored first for Brighton, so I got a nice <laughs> big fat taste in my own. Sounds like a Harry there. Potter character. Hinchelwood. Literally, Hinshelwood Bingard Blevin, whatever the fuck they say on that. I don't. I've never seen the movie. Um, okay, we're getting out of here. But first, you guys owe me a howler and you owe me a baller of the weekend. I don't care which one you say first. I don't care which one you even goes first. I want to go a howler and a baller. I want to go first. With my howler. Okay, do it, Wayne Rooney. <laughs> Wayne getting the sack. Yeah, Damn. and for the. The sake of just factual information, he had over the course of 15 games, he had nine losses, four draws, two wins. I believe they were in fifth place. Was that he, good? When he joined, <laughs> I believe he was in fifth place when they joined when he joined Birmingham City, and now they are like I think like double digits down there, like 15th or something. I think they're 20th. Oh, they're 20th now. Okay, I thought they're yeah. 15th. No, yeah. So um, Wayne Rooney, unfortunate. Damn. Um, that really sucks. It's like Kyle, the latest coach to not be a good manager. Yeah, like Gerard, like just not panning out. Someone, someone still has a job. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, I I am surprised as to how bad Wayne Rooney has been. Um, I feel like DC United was probably. I thought it was like, ah, right, it's a fluke. Like it's just the MLS, whatever. Um, but yeah, to do that because I, I don't know. I saw him with Darby, and I was like, he was doing a lot with a little, and then goes to DC. Is like you know it, it was a it's weird he's having a weird career something less, he's having, he's, less the, time in the pub Wayne more time in the yeah. film room <laughs> he, he's got no, a weird he's got a weird CV at this point and I think I don't know if he'll last at a couple more clubs at this Dude, rate. I don't know how if he'll last more years of his life I'm not I mean they're, they're like body <laughs> shame but every time I see him he looks like way worse than I saw him two months ago like I really think I this is a serious statement like I kind of think he should just not coach for a while like. 
Maybe like get a little bit, little bit healthier. Like I would love to not see yeah. him perish at he looks like he's breathing. years old. He looks like he was breathing heavily like all the time. Like Do you he, know like years ago that Nike commercial for the World Cup and it was like right the future and Wayne Rooney was in it and it was like it was like yeah. one of the best Nike adverts. And in one of it, it's like it shows where if he had missed, he just turns into this like aging guy who lives in this trailer park and yeah, he goes out yeah. eating like soup. And that's what he looks like now. Like it's to a <laughs> yeah. T exactly. How he dresses. Yeah. Yeah. Like what he... <laughs> But yeah, it's kind of a tough turnout. I would like to see a better coaching career for him, but oh well, live and you learn. Uh, I'll go my baller, and uh, I'm gonna cool. go. I'm gonna go Elise. Baller Elise. Yeah, that's a good. I pick. thought Connor was he, gonna say it, so I had to say it first. Oh, he's actually, getting shopped in January by a few teams. He could be making a move. Do you guys ready to move for him? What did they? Well, City shopped him, or was shopping him? They were like sixty-five, seventy, and then he like turned around. Honestly, and then he signed again. If Liverpool need a Mo Salah replacement, oh, a right winger in Elise, oh, but FSG is never going to pay for him. And it's yeah, not- I'm sure Michael Elise would love to have the title of Mo Salah replacement. <laughs> I bet that's exactly what he's been gunning for. Be an honorable uh, title. But I think, I don't think, I don't know if anyone will afford to buy him. And honestly, he's all Palace have outside of Eze at the moment. And Chris Richards as C- CDM. <laughs> do Connor, a- do you want to go the howler route or the baller route since uh, the boys have yeah. kind of gone out of order? Yeah, I mean, I'll go. I'll go. We'll get back on Howler. Do Howler. I'm gonna Jurgen losing his ring when he's uh, clapping up the fan. Did he, run it. did he ever find it? He did find it. Yeah. So yeah. good on him. To found find it right it. there. Then um, not really a Howler, but but it, it was kind of funny. <laughs> well, if I had to pick another Howler, it'd be that dude falling asleep in the stands. Oh the my comments. god, the United <laughs> Legends. Yes, he was just straight. Oh my god, eyes that was, closed. Oh, what's his name? I'm looking. They up also right now. panned back to him like five times in a row, yeah. and he never woke up. He was just gone. What was his name? Like it I'm was like Jeff right or something. Because I, I had no idea where I, he was. I remember being like, he's the oldest. Th- I think he's like the oldest living. It was like United this dude's. Player. This dude's having a tough day. I sent it in the yeah. group chat, wherever it is. But that's crazy. That's like uh, that's like elderly abuse filming him. Like they just wheeled I his know. old bag of bones out there for a full game. Of course he fell asleep. He probably had no clue what was going on. <laughs> yeah, but that was my howler. He just wanted to nap. Um, my howler is. Not Jota's dive, but uh, VAR's complete inability to get that call right. I, no shade to Jota because he did what any other player in that situation would have done. But you have to think VAR can sniff that one out. And every video angle I saw, I was like, oh, come on. Shearer was shitty on him. And so was, was uh, a bunch. Ian Wright. They were yeah. like, like, could never imagine like going around the goalie instead of tapping it and I'd go for a dive. Content. No, I don't shit on Jota. Shit on VAR. Like, yeah. the, the, Don't make it a, a player thing. I think it's, it's kind of shitty. For, why would you just put it in the back of that? Boom. He knew his touch was too big. And maybe <sighs> Dude, maybe he thought the goalkeeper snake. would get sent off for that. But, I mean, we would have won 3-2 anyways. And Plus he, the Anthony game Taylor Dubrovka had horrible. leading up. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's so shitty. Dubrovka had such a good game leading up and then has that happen to him. I'm like, come on, this guy's had such a good run of it so far. Former United goalkeeper. <laughs> oh, shut up. Uh, baller. I'm going to go Raul Jimenez. Mm, good pick. Yeah. Um, fellow Mexican. Proud of the player. Proud of him. Obviously been through a lot and scores scores a big goal against a team that's gunning for, uh, you know. What would you call Tristan? Trophy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The title. What did I call who? Campbell's uh, Chunky. <laughs> oh, Chunky soup. Campbell's Soup Brain? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ow. 
That shit was was. He should really stop playing. I think he should stop playing. I think he should stop playing. Also, like, is that one pad on that one spot of his head really? Does he have like a like a baby's skull, like like where it's like mushy? It's a circle. I don't know. It's probably like I just don't know how medically you're allowed to even (laughs) head a football ever again. Like ever again, is a ball allowed to travel at your head at that speed and even potentially hit it? I'm like, how is any doctor like? Yeah, it should be good. I'll put this little tiny pad around the top of it, and that should keep that should keep your head from splitting open like a watermelon, like it did last time. It's absolutely insane that he still does that. But bag beat Arsenal, so you do you, my man. Keep keep balling. Uh, okay, who owes me a howler and who owes me? Has everyone gone? Jay owes a howler. howler. Uh, my howler my howler is Chelsea for taking their foot off the gas in the last twenty minutes of the oh, game. Yeah, that was that was absolutely house. atrocious. That end of that game, I was like, "Wow, look at these dudes go! Look at my young guys balling." <laughs> it was Luton too. And, yeah, and then Luton just like turns Lewin, up. Luton, Luton, yeah, yeah. They leaned really hard. They, they also, honestly probably should have scored a third. Like that's how like direct and like. Also, okay, this is completely off. Do you guys have you guys seen that Chelsea youngster? The Gilchrist. Oh yes, the that, kid, that kid is a menace to society. <laughs> the not. buzz cut. He looks like Slim Shady, yeah. kind of. Dude, that guy's I'm off his, right now. He look. He's off his rocker when he plays. But either that's way, it's like the kid that you're the kid that goes out drinking with you on the weekends, and he's always the kid that's a problem. Like <laughs> yes. every single weekend, he's the one like. kid. Oh yeah, you're God. like oh his my name's God, his first name's Alfie win. too. Alfie, yeah, dude. He, is, he looks like a major problem. Have you seen that video of him like imitating like a header, and he's like. Oh. No, he's like talking. When he, his first substitute appearance, though, there was like, looks like seconds left in the game, and he put his head straight down and ran straight towards the he ball. Looks like, looks like, looks like Mike Palumbo. I was like, "What's going?" Yeah, <laughs> friend of the podcast, we love you, Plum. Yeah, that kid you off player. his rocker, but uh, yeah, <laughs> he got Chelsea the debut. Was, Chelsea was my holler. That's a good one. Chelsea's holler. My baller is Gio Lo Celso, who had a disgusting wow. outside of the boot pass to Sonny. Um, but just past that, it's like I, in this injury time where we're all of our all of our good midfielders are out, or most of them are. It's like he's kind of stepped in and been incredible, and he is also a major league shit house, which is the most important thing. He is in the oh, middle yeah. of every argument and scuffle that goes on anywhere on the pitch. So he's just so what Bruno. was he doing? He's just, he's just Bruno, but better looking. He, That's why I get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? There was a substitute, and he just went up to him and was like talking shit to him as he was walking off the field. It when was Joao Pedro who was like oh, talking man. some shit to the camera, and I, he probably based on what's going on in Joao Pedro's life. Just give that a quick Google if you feel like doing it. Probably had something to do with that, which is like hilarious. Um, but that kind of is what started all the shit between yeah. two teams. But he's been a, like like a hockey style guy in the lineup that I love yeah. having. So he went, he went back to he went back to Spain and learned how to play, string yeah. ball string a ball around. Yeah. He really did. I mean, he's, he's a he, stanky, he, He's got techers. Yeah, he does. He's. I, it's. I'm glad that Ange just wanted to sort of integrate him back into the team. I know he's happy for that too, but. Guys, what a pleasure. It was oh, awesome. Oh, hey, with you. Hey, hey. Wait, wait, what happened? I got to do my baller. Son of a... Wait, you didn't do a baller yet? No. Oh, so low. <laughs> no, it's going to be... Curtis Jones. That's a good That's a good shout. I'm glad you said that. Mm. So I don't have to, but it's going to be Anthony Alonga. Anthony oh. Alonga. Why are, you, why are you dancing? You can feel it in the air. Andrew, I know that you are like a you're like a level-headed United fan. Could you believe that there's oh, oh, United oh, fans oh. with him? What? I'm a very level-headed United no, fan. No, you're not. What are you talking Except about? Why are you talking about any other club You've been delusional for years. And he still I is I did not delusional. mean to start that. Wow. But yeah, you should have kept him. 
You're so I, fucking delusional as a Liverpool fan. You're crazy. Who has mentioned Look, okay. Liverpool Tristan, in Tristan, every statement in the group chat Tristan, for what, the last month? What's your question, Tristan? <laughs> Look, I guess what I was saying was I was kind of, I couldn't believe there were United fans that thinking he was like disrespectful or pissed at him at all. Is that not just like a self-inflicted gunshot wound letting him go, right? Oh, I mean, I think I think we let him go because of, you know, Anthony Garnacho. We like yeah, we, I think we I think we jumped the gun a bit. I think Actually no, I think we did what we thought was right and good for him that he left. He wasn't he wasn't good at United. I don't I don't like not to, He was an engine. He was like one he of the only an en- youngsters every, every youngsters like, an engine. They have no. a bunch of Sancho no. and Anthony are I, engines. No, no I don't think, I don't even consider them I, young, I don't even consider them youngsters. I'm telling people that come from an academy and come up. Like Sancho had yeah. been playing first team sure. football for fucking 4 every, years. Every year every sure. year we have a breakout star player that like saves our career. It's been Yanazai one year, it's been uh it was Alanga with Martial. the year with with Marsh no, not like like it was Rashford. It was Alanga when Ragnick was there. Mm-hmm. Um and then like the next season he kinda slowly teetered off with Ten Hog and then, you know, Ronaldo came like you know, like he just got fucked by the system that Damn. the club is set up with. And <laughs> and um you're Jalen's right, he wasn't as technically sound as he is at Nottingham right now. And honestly, I think it's just because the environment that he was in wasn't allowing him to thrive. And um, yeah, I, I think good. I'm happy it didn't. Now he's balling out at Nottingham, beating his old team. Anthony Langer, rhythm is a dancer. Rhythm is a dancer. Anthony Alanga. Oh my God, I can't even handle you that. You can feel um, it in the air. Next week so we will soft, be in man. the same room singing about uh, a player who beat you. Former yeah. player too. Former, pl- former player. Anthony United Longo mentality. United. Delusional. You're such a delusional academy fan. player. Not only just that, he's former player. Academy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not to mention he says delusional. that about every ex United player academy. ever. Academy. United product. Academy. Mosul. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, close this out, please. <laughs> All right, we're finishing up here. Obviously, a pleasure. I'll be back. It will be back in the same area code next week, so I'll be in the same boop, room, boop. which I'm looking forward yeah. to. But uh, until then, everybody, stay safe. Happy New Year. Kiss a loved one. Do whatever you want. Do your thing. 2024. See ya.